That is one glorious hymn. Did you get through it without getting choked up? It's not possible. I don't think it's possible. Let's pray. Oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our beloved Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Do you all know that television show in the evenings called Dragon's Den? Do you know that show? Okay, I'm not seeing a whole lot of... Okay. There are five millionaires on a panel. They're investors. They use their own money to invest. And then you have entrepreneur contestants come in and try to pitch their business to one of these five millionaire investors. And they will try to um, get money from them for their business. Now, the center chair of these five millionaires is a guy by the name, he's Canadian, Kevin O'Leary, also known as Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. And so Mr. Wonderful has this signature expression that he uses when things are just going crazy and sells. So usually goes like this. The entrepreneur contestant will say, I'm seeking $100,000 for 10% stake in my business. And eventually somewhere in the conversation, Kevin O'Leary is going to ask, it's almost always him. Mr. Wonderful asks, so what were your sales last year? Well, about $90,000. So let me get this right, says Mr. Wonderful. He says, you're asking us for $100,000 for a 10% share in your company. That means that you've placed a valuation on your company at $1 million, but you're telling us you just sold $90,000 worth of product last year. Yeah, but you don't understand. The mushroom business is a multi-billion dollar, in and he cuts them off. He says, stop the madness. That's his signature line. Stop the madness. We saw madness last week in the gospel lesson. Satan actually thought that over a 40-day period he'd be able to tempt Jesus, the Son of God, but also true man, into falling for one of his temptations. The Bible only records three, but I don't think it took 40 days to, to roll out those three. You could have done that in about 90 minutes. So imagine 40 days of temptation just constantly berated by Satan. Satan was mad to think that he could get Jesus to fall. Our gospel lesson before us this morning presents us with another picture of resistance, madness resistance. You have in the, the uh, gospel lesson before us a situation that, that should, like Mr. Wonderful, probably want to make you cry out, stop the madness, because you have just like disobedient, strong-willed children all lining up in front of their mother or their father, defying the will of their parent who actually knows what they're doing and knows a thing or two about what's safe and what's not, the sa what's not safe and what's good and what's not good. You have Herod, you have the Pharisees, and you have all of Jerusalem, the citizens of Jerusalem, lining up in opposition against Jesus. That's madness. That's crazy business. But what else do you see in the gospel lesson that stu stood out for you this morning? You got to behold the Savior's boundless love in spite of opposition, in spite of resistance, 
in spite of rejection, in spite of sheer and utter madness, he stayed there and he hung in there to complete his mission for them. Jesus is in the final lap of his earthly ministry. He is in Jerusalem for the very last time. And in your Christian-trained head, you should be having your alarm bells ringing like crazy right about now whenever you see the Pharisees all of a sudden playing nice-nice and they want to help Jesus out. Something's going down here. So the Pharisees come to Jesus with this very deep concern, I imagine. You know, and they, go, they come up to Jesus and they say to him, Jesus, you need to leave this place and go somewhere else because because Herod wants to kill you. The part that they conveniently omitted from that message was, and oh, by the way, we want you dead too. (laughs) So now Jesus is the bad guy. Jesus is the enemy that they want eliminated so that they can go back to their self-righteous, self-deluded lives. He is the problem that pokes at their conscience, just like those pesky prophets of old. And you know what they did to most of those. But ah, the enemy in this case, the enemy is not the one out there. What the Pharisees in Jerusalem and Herod don't realize is that the real enemy is right here. Jesus longed for Jerusalem, meaning he longed for the souls of the inhabitants of the human beings in Jerusalem. This is not some kind of puppy love infatuation. And this is not some kind of, I really love colonnade pizza craving kind of love. No, this is the kind of love that that comes from the very depths of Jesus' being as God and man. And he longed to gather those people together under the blanket of his forgiveness. But they wanted something completely different. They wanted a prophet who would come and tell them what such such good people they were. You're just so nice. And they wanted prophets that would come and tell them how good they are and they're okay with God. They can, that all of their nice, kind deeds to their fellow man was going to somehow make up for all of their evil actions and thoughts. They wanted a prophet that was going to tell them that you're going to go to heaven because you're just such a sincere Jew. You stumble once in a while, but but your sincerity is an A+. It's about 99.7 on the sincerity scale. Yeah, heaven's open for you. That's the kind of prophet that they wanted. But Jesus says they were not willing. They were not willing because they insisted that they didn't need forgiveness because they were sons and daughters of Abraham. In fact, they actually found it to be an insult from Jesus to suggest that they needed forgiveness. Do you know anyone like that? Oh, Ottawa, oh, Ottawa. How you kill babies that are unborn. Oh, Ottawa, oh, Ottawa. How you mess around with your gender identity 
the identity that I lovingly gave you and determined for you. O Ottawa, O Ottawa. How you assist people to suicide because they think that their lives no longer have quality. And so I want to be done with it. O Ottawa, Ottawa. You who call wrong right because right is just so darn restrictive. Oh, St. Paul, St. Paul, you who totally ignore your Confirmation Day promise that you would rather suffer death than to fall away from your love of me and your worship of me. Oh, Ottawa, oh, Ottawa, you who harden your hearts against me. Oh, St. Paul, St. Paul, you who neglect the blessing of Bible study, you who hold to the letter of my word, the letter of my law, but you totally dispel the spirit of my law. I weep for you, Ottawa. I weep for you, St. Paul, says Jesus. Oh, how I have longed to include you in my free extended warranty plan of bringing you close under the blanket of my forgiveness, but, but you were not willing. And that's where Ottawa, and that's where some of you are getting your hackles up right now. Your back is straightening up, and you're saying, not willing, not willing. That is so harsh. That is, that it is so rude to say that to me. I mean, you could at least praise it in such a way and couch it in such a way that you might want to get me to, like, consider these as options for a life change. You might say to me that, are you open to the possibility of considering some of these things that I've just pointed out about your frailties and your fallibilities? You might, Lord, say something to me like, are you interested perhaps at a more convenient time? But not willing. That is so judgmental. Nope. Can't say that. Can't rephrase that because that's not what Jesus said. What Jesus said was, I have longed, but you were not willing. Not willing to go or grow, not willing to listen or obey, not willing to change or to curb your appetites for that thing that is going to eventually destroy your soul. Not willing to trust or to forgive. You see, not willing to deny that enemy. And that's not the one out there, but the one in here. Deny that one. You were not willing. But you were willing. You were willing to ignore, or to disregard, or to just put off my desire that I have expressed to you over and over again, my longing to bring you close and to bring you into the blanket and under the blanket of my forgiveness. Look, he laments to Jerusalem, and yes, to us. Your house is left to you desolate. That is really dangerous ground to be standing on because it is the rejection of divine affection. 
The priceless peace that Jesus toiled to bring to them, the priceless peace that Jesus toiled to bring to us, and they would have none of it. And in spite of this opposition and this rejection and this resistance, by Jerusalem, by Ottawa, by us, by me, we still behold the Savior's boundless love to carry out his mission. When threatened by death, with death by Herod, Jesus kind of just swatted that little death threat away, kind of like the way Iron Man just kind of swats bullets out of the way from hitting him. It, this, was, this was like no concern to him whatsoever. Um, Jesus had a mission to complete, and there was absolutely nothing and nobody that was going to get in the way of him completing that mission. Jesus had your soul to save. He had your sins to forgive. He had your death to resurrect. He had your fears to calm. He had your doubts to resolve. He had your weaknesses to strengthen. And all of that was going to come to a culmination on a hill outside of Jerusalem. And that is where the Lion of the tribe of Judah became the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. And it was right before that, over in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus' steel will, determined will, must make its most difficult decision of his entire ministry right there as he's kneeling in this garden and he says, not my will, but your will be done, Father. And he suffered all, even on a death, even death on a cross for the very worst parts of you, for the very worst parts of me. Can we even begin to fathom how determined Jesus was and still is to complete his mission? Because you know what? You are his mission. I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day. Nothing could get him to change his mission. Behold the boundless love of your Savior. So, will you follow him, the one who blazed the path of true obedience? Will you forgive the sins of your enemies? the ones whom Jesus also died for? Will you face difficulty and danger? Although, you know, realistically, it's, it's probably going to be a minor inconvenience because the last I checked, none of our members had Russians blowing holes through their living rooms, right? Will you, will you face danger and ridicule and difficulty for the sake of him who considered you so priceless that he fought to the death for you? Will you be afraid? Or will you be afraid but still stand firm on the promises when your sinful nature starts coming into conflict with those perfect promises of your perfect Savior? What will you do? The truth of the matter is that you and I love cheering for an underdog. 
And what you have here is a picture of an underdog. You have Jesus seemingly weak and seemingly pummeled and beaten and softened up. And you have Jesus being nailed to a cross and you have Jesus just kind of dying. And he just seems to be an underdog. But we love the story of an underdog who was able to just, by his own sheer determination, strength, and will, prevail at the end. And that's exactly what Jesus did. So would you agree that Jesus had the odds stacked against him? Or would you say that he had the odds in his favor? I mean, where I'm going with this is he could have aborted his mission. He could have given up on carrying out his father's will, and he could have left us to die in our sins. I mean, he is the son of God, after all. He did have that choice. But you see what he chose. You. He chose you. He wasn't going to let anything, not even death, get in the way of him fulfilling what he came here to do. And that was to save you. So, here's my wrap-up for this much too long sermon this morning. Get yourself back here to church. It's time. It's time. The masks are coming off on the 21st. You want to wear a mask on the 21st? God love you. Wear your mask. But come back. It's time to come back and worship and praise this God who has such boundless love for you. In spite of all resistance, rejection, and opposition, come back. It's time. And to join your voices along with your brothers and sisters here in church and sing those hymns with gusto and say amen like you really mean it because you really do mean it again. Commit yourself to reading your catechism at least 15 minutes a day, every single day. Bone up on that theology of yours that you've kind of let slide a little bit over the last two years. But that doesn't replace your Bible reading that I want you now to go from 15 minutes a day to 30 minutes a day minimum every single day, just for your own spiritual welfare. You just sit down with that Jesus of boundless love right next to you and read some of his scriptures. When you're here, make your way back to the church library. And check out one of those commentaries on those Old Testament books that we just got done going through on Thursday night Bible study that you want to learn more about. And then finally, once you are here and you're worshiping and we're fellowshipping, I also want you to give more to charity and not just to St. Paul. I want you to give more to charity and I want you to give more to St. Paul as well to support your church. But but what you're going to also learn in Sunday morning Bible class and our confessions Bible class is Stand up for what you believe. Because you heard the O Ottawa, O Ottawa part of this sermon. And that's the world we're living in. Confess the one triune God who loved this world so much that he sent his son for you, you can say to them. Even if you have to die saying it. But in all of this, at the end of the day, Never, never, ever give up on Jesus because that would be sheer and utter madness. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, it will guard and it will keep your hearts and minds through faith.